to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. So one of the more exciting developments in the basic income space is a sort of basic income that is going to be instituted in the Cheongji province in South Korea. And this program is focused on providing a local currency to young people. So I had a chance to sit down with Juan Kim and talk about this program. She is an activist in the Basic Income Youth Network in South Korea, and she was able to share what exactly is going on there and how people in South Korea have actually been perceiving and responding to this program. So here's Jim's conversation with Juan Kim. Juan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. So news came out recently about the plans to institute a youth dividend program in the Gyeonggi province. Uh, yes. which would provide mm-hmm. a s- sort of universal basic income to young people living there. Can you describe exactly what this program will do? Mm-hmm. This program gives $850 for a year to 24-year-olds. Their income or employment status doesn't matter if they have lived in the province at least for three years. And the program will quarterly deliver $213 in a local currency. You can use an electronic card with that money or simply use mobile application. Okay, so that's interesting because I feel like local currency, that's different than generally you hear about in most universal income or basic income proposals. Uh, what Do you know what is the motivation for using that as opposed to just the standard Korean one? Uh, for this program, is ex- expanded version of youth dividend of Songnam City, whose former mayor is now a governor of Gyeonggi province. Youth dividend was also paid in a local currency there, and it turned out that using local currency helps vitalize the local economy, because your local currency can only be used in traditional markets or small stores, and not in global franchises or big retailers. So small business owners welcome this program. And it was also beneficial to recipients because they bought more vegetables and fruits with that local currency at traditional markets. I mean, instead of going to McDonald's. And um, the chair of Basic Income Korea Network have designed this program. He said it is a strategy to bind young people and small businesses into a welfare alliance. I think this idea of combining basic income and local currency is brilliant. It can bring political support and economic benefits at the same time. This kind of attempt is also welcomed in terms of local currency movement because the currency can only be used within the local economy. It can eventually create some cracks in the global capital flows. Other cities that issue local currency are paying attention to this policy, focusing on how to make active cash flows. Of course, it can be criticized, on the other hand, because it can limit the freedom of recipients. So another question here is, so youth dividend, the name has youth, but I'm curious, so this this program, as it's currently being rolled out, is just going to 24-year-olds. So do you know what is the motivation for that? Yes, because this program specifically aims at youth welfare and strengthening employment capacity. And in Korea, young people are in the blind spot of welfare policy. There are a lot of people who are busy working part-time rather than concentrating on studying and preparing for a decent job. As you can imagine, the situation is worse for young people 
who cannot get any economic support from their families. On the other hand, of course, universality matters in principle, but it's really difficult to adopt basic income for everyone at once, as you know. It will take a thousand years to convince people. For the moment, I hope this policy would be successful and earn trust so other provinces and people from other age groups can benefit from similar programs. Actually, the youth dividend ordinance defines youth from 19 to 24. So starting from the age of 24, they plan on expanding gradually as consensus spreads and budgets are set. Got it. So this is really just the starting point that you can build from. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I'm curious, obviously, this is something that looks in many ways a lot like universal basic income. And it sounds like your network has been very involved. Can you say more about how you feel like this ties into the broader conversation about UBI in South Korea? I want to talk about um, three aspects. First, in terms of publicizing basic income, Gyeonggi province is the second largest city in Korea after Seoul. Quarter of Korean population live in Gyeonggi province. So um, 175,000 young people are benefiting from the program since last April. It's quite sizable. So more and more discussions Discussions are taking place as more people are going to experience this policy, both directly and indirectly, including the aforementioned local businessmen and families who live with young people. And second, this policy was driven by the governor's strong commitment to basic income. It shows that basic income is not mainly about financial feasibility, but it's about social consensus and political will. So considering the basic income pilot program is increasing around the world, it is meaningful that this program is not only an experiment, but also an implementation. And third, youth dividend is breaking the old prejudice by giving cash to young people. Young people in Korea have been expected to maintain their livelihood by working on their own. So we have we have never been the object of welfare policy. So in this context, this program stands against some conventional thoughts. It gives cash directly as rights. So it doesn't require any qualification. It's like mm, giving someone fish instead of teaching how to fish in a situation of decreasing jobs and increasing inequalities. And on a wider scale, Policy like this help restructuring the meaning of production, distribution, dependence, and independence. All right. Well, mm-hmm. John, those were all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Oh, yeah. I want to share an impressive discovery about youth dividend. My colleagues and I did a research on recipients' attitudes and opinions about youth dividend in Songnam City three years ago. And we found that youth dividend had increased interest and participation in politics politics in general. They said, "Mm, for the first time, I knew that the state cared for me. They also said they can perceive other young people not as a competitor, but as fellow citizens. 
I could feel kind of solidarity through their words, which is not common anymore these days. They hope that this policy be maintained even when they won't benefit from it anymore after becoming 25. We concluded that the youth division has provided a universal welfare experience for young people. Also, it showed that it could contribute to wider social consensus for more advanced welfare policies. And um, one last thing I'd like to share with you is my uh, recent personal experience. And last month, Gyeonggi Province had an expo, a big expo and conference about basic income. On my way to go there on the bus, I could see many basic income advertisements all over the monitors in a ton of governmental office. As a longtime advocate of basic income, it's still awkward for me to see the word basic income in such large letters. So, so I asked myself, if there's a kind of basic income city, will it be like this? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm sure what it really is. Anyways, it was quite inspiring to see that public officers of Gyeonggi province study basic income really hard, almost like activists. That was Jim Pugh and Joan Kim on the Basic Income Podcast. I went into this concept, you know, excited about it because it's basic income, but also it felt a little random that it's just for one age year of your life and it's a local currency. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm into this because um, a local currency, I feel like it feels kind of like found money in a way that just the budget does not. It doesn't feel like you're pulling money away from other services or from just our general collective money. Uh, this feels like a new thing. And if the the currency can establish itself through the basic income, then it becomes more viable and it's backed by the government. So I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I agree. I thought that Joanne's point about perhaps the best approach here being some sort of hybrid with some local currency and some just regular cash could really be the best of both worlds. Because I think the challenge with local currency is there isn't generally a good way to get savings from that. And so if you're just giving people local currency, it gives them more buying power locally, but that may only be addressing half the equation. If they have needs where they actually need to, to save up and buy something larger, you're not really going to get that. Whereas with cash, you can. But on the flip side, because local currency is designed to be spent locally and quickly, you really can count on that to, to do more on the economic stimulus front. So perhaps a combination of the two, you, you might actually be really getting the best of both worlds there driving local economy and giving people the freedom to, to put the money where they want. Right, yeah, it's worth saying that a local currency, it's limited in a lot of ways. It doesn't travel, obviously. If, if you want to you know, move to Seoul with your basic income money, that's, you're not going to get any help there. But um, I think it encourages the sorts of things that people can get excited about with a basic income. It's not just you're, you're giving money and who knows what they're going to spend it on. Like It doesn't kind of encourage those sort of darker impulses that people have. It's more like this is going to be spent at the grocery store, at, you know, just like local goods and services. And um, so there is kind of this natural limiting factor, which is not ideal in a lot of ways, but I think politically helps a lot. And yeah, of, of course, it's going to stimulate the local economy. I'll be really curious to see, and hopefully they're tracking this, how people's views do change over time around this, because 
I think Juan mentioned that there at least was some concern and critique around the limiting factor of, of local currency. But if given that it sounds like when this program was rolled out, when the governor of Cheongi was mayor in, in the city in South Korea, that it seemed like it went well, that presumably it was reasonably popular. If that's consistently the case, and, and if you see that this happens in this pilot as well, then yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting to see like whether that actually becomes a much bigger thing and whether not only do you see more places in South Korea doing that, but if that's something that other countries around the world start doing pilot programs with as well. Yeah, one thing we talk about all the time is that cities and states politically are a lot easier to, to implement a basic income, but budget-wise, you just don't have anywhere near the funds that you would need. But a local currency, you, you make your own funds. And so this could be a very interesting path forward that I hadn't really thought about before, but now I'm thinking about a lot. I also thought something that initially seemed very random to me was the idea of this just goes to 24-year-olds. Right. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, what? Like, <laughs> wh why are you doing that? Like, this seems weird. But when, when Juan talked that through and explained that it, it really was clear the intention was this as a starting point and that you will expand from here, this actually ties back to, to some of the stuff we were talking about previously about like, what are the buildups to a full basic income program and some of the pitfalls that you get when you do start with any sort of targeted audience because then you oftentimes run, against, run up against these psychological framing barriers of people say like, okay, well, these people get it, but then should anyone else really get it? Well, I don't know. But because 24-year-olds because seem so random, then the idea of expanding to like 23 and 25-year-olds and keep going out from there, there isn't really a hard limit that you run up against. And so maybe this is actually a way that if you can start relatively small with just one age group and then have this natural progression out, in however long it takes, you eventually do get a full universal program. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if you're going to target, targeting by age makes a lot of sense just because, yeah, you don't run into a lot of these sort of who, who deserves it, who doesn't issues. And yeah, because it's random, it's not like retirement age. It's not, you know, when you're a helpless child age, there isn't an obvious place to to stop it if you did want to expand it. Yeah, you know, like if it's a success, you know, why not expand it to 25-year-olds or, yeah, you can kind of keep on going. Uh, so yeah, I think there is sort of a weird power in it being what seems like a kind of randomly chosen number. I also think it's super exciting how much buy-in there does seem to be in South Korea for UBI politically at this point. I think that, I mean, we see these various programs coming up in different countries that resemble basic income or not in various ways. But I think that oftentimes, even if the program itself seems like it could be a really good thing, at the same time, there may not actually be that much political will for a full UBI. And the fact that at least at least in Chongji province, people seem just like excited about this tie-in and that like basic income is like this cool thing that like everyone wants there, that I mean that's a big deal in itself. If you're talking about what it's a path forward, that definitely makes it far, far easier because it does seem like there is political will to, to really get behind this idea. Yeah, and I'll just add that I feel like it being a local currency may allow for it to both have a sort of, I'd say national pride, but in this case, province pride, um, without it 
you know, inducing sort of these sort of nationalist impulses of because this is something you only get within these borders, that like no one can come in. And, you know, it, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of issues to work out around immigration as it relates to basic income. And maybe those aren't as as strongly felt uh, when you're just dealing with a local currency. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. And if you like our episodes, please do make sure to rate and review us on the podcast service of your choice and share this with your friends. We are always looking for new listeners. We'll talk to you next time.